This is JDSA's Law Talk. This is the program that gives you the straight facts on our laws and how they affect your everyday personal and professional life. Let's talk about family disputes. Dealing with the loss of a loved one is difficult enough, but when there's a dispute regarding the estate, trust, or other assets, the dispute can turn into hostility real fast. So how are estate and trust disputes resolved? Is there a legal process? Can you resolve the dispute without going to court? And if so, how would reaching an agreement impact all interested parties? In this episode of JDSA's Law Talk, attorney Evan McCauley joins the show to discuss using TEDRA agreements to settle estate and trust disputes. Evan, always great to talk to you. Thank you, Clint. I'm happy to be here. Evan, I tell you what, this is not exactly a light and joyful topic, but if in the interest of family harmony and moving forward as a family, it is such an important discussion to have. It really is, Clint. One of the the most challenging aspects of this part of my job is trying to promote family harmony. And when there's emotion involved with the loss of a family member, whether it be a parent, a grandparent, a sibling, the last thing many people want to deal with is the financial aspects or legal aspects. But they're essential because they have lasting impacts on family relationships. And there's two outcomes, family harmony or family discord. And oftentimes, family discord is the outcome, and it's very sad. Especially if everyone's not on the same page, and that's what we're trying to do here, making sure everyone is on the same page. We'll talk about that and get into the details coming your way next, right here on JDSA's Law Talk. You're listening to JDSA's Law Talk. When you need legal advice, call JDSA Law, the highest quality legal support since 1946. Well, welcome back to JDSA's Law Talk. If you'd like to hear a discussion about another legal topic that's affecting you personally or professionally, listen to other episodes of JDSA's Law Talk at jdsalaw.com. Talking with our featured attorney, Evan McCauley, about using TEDRA agreements to settle estate and trust disputes. Evan, I'll tell you what, I have no idea what TEDRA means, but I'm sure we're going to get into it. Before we do that, though, let's get into the basics. Definitions. When we talk about an estate, what exactly are we referring to here? Well, it, it, very, it very much depends on the circumstances. If you're dealing with a trust, the estate would typically be the trust estate, which are assets that are owned within the estate. It gets more complicated than that, however, because a lot of trusts are created within wills. And so the estate really becomes all the assets of a deceased person. So the estate is the umbrella. Everything that you have is under that umbrella. That's correct. It could be anything from real estate to investment ownerships, whether they're stocks or bonds, uh, a retirement account, IRA, could be a closely held business interest, your personal property, your cars, your boats. Physical assets, liquid assets, stocks, the whole ball of wax. Cash in the bank, everything. Okay. We discussed similar topics on this show, but to recap, how is an estate commonly settled? I mean, all of that stuff, how do you put it and wrap it up in a neat little bow? Well, the typical process is through a probate proceeding, which is a court-supervised process, typically, that appoints a personal representative or a person who's uh, in charge of administering the affairs of a deceased person. Now, wait, let's back up a little bit. Probate, are we talking about probate when someone has a will or a trust, or is this if someone expires and they haven't even done anything? 
It could be in either circumstance. So a probate would be necessary if you own real estate or if you have assets in excess of $100,000 in the state of Washington. Okay. And that's true whether you have a will or no will. So if you have a trust, an estate, and there's a dispute, what exactly is the process or the act that you resolve those disputes under? So there's a couple different processes to resolve disputes. One is a formal process through the court system, and whether that involves just through the probate proceeding or a special action where an interested party in the estate, whether it be a beneficiary or the appointed fiduciary, whether it be a trustee or a personal representative, initiates a special proceeding under TEDRA. Okay, so TEDRA, alphabet soup. What does TEDRA stand for? TEDRA is an acronym. It stands for the Trust and Estate Dispute Resolution Act. And so it, it's uh, the acronym that we commonly use to refer to the estate and settlement process. Okay, so let's break it down for us. When you say TEDRA, what exactly is that referring to? You, very high-level definition just that you did, but get into a little more detail. So TEDRA is what? TEDRA is a specific uh, legislative act that has the purpose of assisting uh, beneficiaries and state representatives in settling disputes in a timely and efficient manner. So is this like a binding arbitration or is this something that's filed through the court? It depends. So <laughs> TEDRA has two main aspects to it. Okay. The, the first is it, it allows parties to enter into a binding settlement agreement to amend existing documents or resolve particular issues that they have with an estate. So expanding on this topic, let's talk a little bit more about how a TEDRA agreement is used. You mentioned that it can be used to settle a wide range of disputes relating to an estate. So how exactly can a TEDRA agreement settle issues or questions or disputes? What kind of those things can it help to settle? Well, maybe some examples here would work the best, Clint. Yeah, let's and, go there. Maybe I'll just walk you through a, a couple of examples that, that are very common that I see on a regular basis. Please do. Family business. 75% of the disputes I see involve a family business. Meaning that the owner of the business has passed and there's no specific game plan for an heir or who's going to take over? It typically involves a dispute where under a will or trust, mom or dad leave all of their assets in equal shares to three kids. But one child is involved in the business, and the business happens to be worth 75% of the value of the estate. So you can't just allocate that business to child A, who's actively working in it. So there's real estate that's usually occupied and used by the business. I see where you're going there, and you just can't sell it and split it three ways. That would harm everything. That would harm the, the son or daughter who's actively involved in the business and wants to preserve its value by continuing to operate. I see where you're going. Uh, the business typically leases real property from mom and dad as owner. And so you have issues of what's fair market value rent? And is that being paid by son or daughter who's operating the business? Because if you're allocating the real estate to other parties than those who actually receive the stock in the operating company, you have a, a pretty typical dispute in terms of what's an appropriate rent. Or you have an issue with, well, what's the value of the business and how are you allocating that value to child A? Is child A coming up with cash to buy out the other two siblings so that he can own it outright? Or are you going to have co-owners of this business? 
So if mom and dad haven't planned for that particular scenario, Tedra is almost a guarantee. Well, it sounds like planning is absolutely paramount when it comes to this sort of thing. We've talked about this in a business sense. Evan, what are some other examples where this type of process would be really beneficial? Yeah, Clint, there's there's a couple other areas where Tedra is really useful. The first one would be in the enforcing your rights category. So one sibling or the, the appointed fiduciary for the estate isn't following the terms of the will or trust, whether it's a delay, whether it's not valuing assets properly, or not distributing the assets to the right parties at the right time, or they have their hand in the cookie jar. And so in that case, TEDRA is, a, is an opportunity for a beneficiary to enforce their rights through the court process. Hand in the cookie jar, that's not exactly a legal term, but it does illustrate your point very well, right? It, it does. And really, we call that the breach of fiduciary duty okay. category of claims that, that a beneficiary may have. So if a personal representative is using the estate assets for their own personal benefit at the expense of the rightful beneficiaries. Evan, thanks for illustrating what the process is and what it's good for. Coming up next, I'd like to talk about walking through the process of initiating one of these agreements, what you need to do. Can we do that? We sure can, Clint. All right, very good. We'll talk about that coming your way next, right here on JDSA's Law Talk. JDSA's Law Talk will be right back with more on today's topic. Add your voice to the show. Email your questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Family law. It's complicated. At JDSA Law, our decades of experience help you navigate emotionally charged issues and the toughest decisions in your life. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Visit us now at jdsalaw.com. Welcome back to JDSA's Law Talk. If you'd like to read more in-depth articles on important legal topics, read through our news, articles, and blogs at jdsalaw.com. I'm your host, Clint Strand, talking with our featured attorney, Evan McCauley, about using TEDRA agreements to settle estate and trust disputes. Evan, we talked about what exactly these are and what perhaps they're used for, but let's get into it. Walk me through the process. So what does a typical TEDRA agreement process look like? Well, Clint, there's really two main areas of TEDRA dispute resolution. Okay. Uh, One is a non-binding judicial settlement agreement, which is done outside of the court process by the interested parties in a state or trust, so all the beneficiaries and the personal representative coming together and entering into agreement to resolve a distribution, a question of valuation or timing of distribution. Legally binding, but outside of the court process. Correct. Okay. What's the other one? The other one is actually a, a formal litigation proceeding, but it's it's through the TEDRA-specific procedural process, which is an expedited process with the intention under the legislative directive to settle res- disputes more timely and more cost-effectively. Would the latter option be in situations that are a little more acrimonious? Yeah, that's correct. Tip- typically more in a scenario where you have a breach of fiduciary duty claim by one of the beneficiaries or a dispute over who's going to get a particular piece of property or at what valuation. Okay, so I'll get into examples in just a moment, but I guess the follow-up question would be, is it necessary to seek legal counsel when making a TEDRA agreement? I guess your answer was probably going to be, it depends. 
It, it is. It, it depends. And, and typically, if you're in, in scenario one, which is the non-binding judicial dispute resolution. So let's pause for a second. In scenario one, give me an example of what scenario one looks like. Well, I think a, a, a simple example would be mom and dad have three kids. Sure. And under their will, they leave their entire estate in trust for their three kids until they're 50. You don't touch it until you're 50. And uh, when they're 45, they've decided they want their inheritance now. And so child A, who's the trustee of that trust, and the three beneficiaries, the three kids, get together and they say, let's amend mom and dad's plan. Everybody's in agreement. We just need to make this happen. That's correct. And in, in the simple scenario like that, Tedra allows the children through this non-binding judicial agreement, a non-judicial agreement, to change mom and dad's will and distribute the money now. That's option one. Option two is a little different. Yeah, so in option one, you probably would need counsel for the trustee to draft the document, but the three kids probably aren't going to have their own attorney. Under scenario two, where there's there's a litigation proceeding, Typically, each party will have an attorney who's representing or advocating for their interests. Because in scenario two, it's more than likely that one of the parties is going to say that another party is not acting in good faith or there's some disagreement as to how this is all going down. And that's correct. And a typical example there would, would be child A wants the family property that's been in the family for 30, 40 years, but they want it for below what it's worth. So it's a million-dollar piece of property, according to the appraiser. They want to get it at $700,000, so there's additional assets left to go to them. The state version of cooking the books, as it were. Correct. Or at least that's what one party would think. And so there's there's all kinds of reasons why uh, someone would have a different uh, viewpoint on valuation. And those are pretty common Uh, questions that arise, especially in the agricultural industry. And I'd imagine that in that scenario where everyone is not in agreement, it is vitally important that you have someone conversant in these legal details by your side to help you navigate these waters. Yes, and in TEDRA in particular, because it's it's the different procedural rules um, are intended to expedite timing. But if you don't understand them, you can miss an opportunity for a discovery or other aspects that are more common in the litigation scenario. So not every litigation attorney is going to be conversant in TEDRA. Uh, so you typically have trust and estate uh, planning attorneys who are litigating when, when they're not commonly litigating other matters. Lots of detail here. We'll get ready to bring it all together when we come back right here on JDSA's Law Talk. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Connect with us on Facebook and on Twitter at JDSA Law. Class actions. They are an important avenue of relief for people or groups who have been harmed. At JDSA Law, we aim to achieve fair victories for our clients. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Join the conversation. Send us your comments and questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Welcome back to JDSA's Law Talk. If you'd like to hear a discussion about another legal topic that's affecting you personally or professionally, listen to other episodes of JDSA Law Talk at jdsalaw.com. Talking with our featured attorney, Evan McCauley, about using TEDRA agreements to settle estate and trust disputes. 
Evan, thanks so much for your comments and your uh, knowledge here. Let's bring it all together. We covered a lot of ground. And so what would you like our listeners to leave with in this conversation? Well, Clint, there's, there's a couple things I think is important. When you, when you lose a loved one, the process of going through a probate proceeding or a trust administration process is complicated. And it's important that whoever the trustee or personal representative named in the document seeks legal advice from someone with experience in probate and estate matters. And most probate and estate uh, attorneys have experience with TEDRA. These are complicated issues at times. They're detailed issues. And when you compound that with the issue of grief with losing a loved one, it is important to have someone by your side that knows the details of this sort of situation. It is. And an experienced attorney can help identify issues quickly, hopefully help provide transparency to all interested parties throughout the process, and and hopefully minimize the likelihood of a dispute. Or, when a dispute arises, help advocate for the, the interested parties as a whole, either as the trust or estate attorney that's acting in the best interest of the estate as a whole, or as a representative of one of the interested parties. And I'm sure, as you've mentioned before, laying the groundwork for these sorts of conversations before grief sets in, before the moment sets in, vitally important to making sure everyone's on the same page. It really is, Clint. The most important piece of avoiding a trust estate dispute is with mom and dad and in talking with their kids prior to their passing so that everybody has at least heard mom and dad's intent from their mouth as opposed to receiving a document after they're gone. They're hard conversations to have, but they're even harder to have when one of the most important voices is no longer heard. That's correct. Evan, always a pleasure and always great talking to you. Great talking with you, Clint. And thank you for joining us for this episode of JDSA's Law Talk. Remember, if you have a legal matter and require solid legal advice, connect with a member of the JDSA Law team at jdsalaw.com. You can also hear Law Talk episodes on other topics and submit your questions or suggestions for a future show. I'm your host, Clint Strand. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk. You've been listening to JDSA's Law Talk. Topics covered in this program are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be professional advice. Before making any legal decision, seek the advice of a relevant professional. To ask a question, arrange a meeting with a JDSA attorney and find Law Talk episodes on other topics. Connect with us at JDSALaw.com. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk.